Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. Okay, so thank you, ladies. Um, Welcome to the Tech Diversity podcast. This talk today is such a big topic at the moment. I think diversity and inclusion is one of the biggest challenges that the tech industry industry faces today. Uh, We've got a lot of businesses that kind of consist of people from the same backgrounds, which can kind of lead to not much diversity in terms of ideas and perspective and solutions. So today we're, we're joined by a great panel who are going to discuss this. Um, so let's go ahead and start with some introductions. Now, I want to kind of delve a little bit deeper into who you are, what you do and what you're passionate about. Now, this can be kind of in work, outside of work, anything that's interesting to you. But I'll go first. So I'm Sophie. I'm a tech recruiter, um, mainly working in the the Sweden, Stockholm area at the moment. Um, I'd say my passions within work and within life is definitely kind of adding a value to people, being being of a good service in what I do in a work situation. And I'd say outside of work, a big a big passion of mine is traveling. Um, I'm already planning as many trips as I can for when international travel returns and goes goes back to normal. That's something that I'm super excited about. But yeah, we'll start with Elvira. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, sure. Uh, thank you, Sophie, and thank you for having us today. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for all of us to discuss such an important topic especially for me. Um, I would like to introduce myself a little bit. My name is Eldira and I live in Sweden for uh, six years already. I originally am from Russia uh, and I work in IT for 12 years, like basically the whole career. Um, currently I work at Kambi as a uh, agile uh, development lead and for me, it is a great opportunity to be in an international company with a really great processes. Um, yeah, I like it there. Uh, besides that, I'm also an, I'm a remarkable facilitator for two years and a half, uh, almost. I would like to talk a little bit more what is uh, I'm remarkable. So basically, uh, this is a training for all the people who would like to train the possibility to speak about their accomplishments on a workplace, but not only. And this, um, uh, oh, I, I forgot the world, the I'm sorry. So the the whole uh, the whole idea of I'm remarkable, I'm remarkable started at at Google a couple of years ago, uh, but about three years ago they decided to uh, run for everyone who wants to be a facilitator. Uh, it is possible to be one. It is just needed to go through small uh, like course how to do that, but it is. Uh, for free and possible to be a facilitator. 
and the first and the first uh, uh, training I've been at Google in Stockholm and I, I was so amazed by uh, the topics which people discussed it, it was a lot of about diversity about women uh, on the workplace and the difficulties which we are facing like day by day uh, that I was so impressed that I decided to be one. This is the short description, sorry for being long about that. Um, uh, what else about me? I like traveling as well, um, but uh, maybe in the nearest future it will be more possible to do that. Yeah, this is it. And thank you. Thank you again. Oh, no, that sounds good. I think it's... Um... It's a really good course to do, especially with it being free and those kind of opportunities are, are definitely worthwhile doing. So it sounds really interesting. And Vlada, we'll come to you. Yes, thank you for having me here too, Sophia. Um, yes, my name is Vlada and I work as a CPO and interim CTO at Flowbox. Uh, combining two roles now, which is uh, quite a lot of fun, I have to say. Uh, I'm also originally from Russia and have lived in Sweden this last soon six years, actually. Um, enjoying it really much in uh, Stockholm, amazing startup scene, uh, very vibrant. Um, professionally, I'm passionate about product management, obviously. I'm a product person and have been doing all types of product jobs with different ridiculous product titles in my, in my CV. Um, and um, yeah, product and developing developing B2B and uh, SaaS products is something that I really enjoy. Uh, outside of work, uh, I'm uh, quite uh, quite passionate about plant-based cooking. I have my little Instagram. Uh, I'm trying to be hipster enough to even do sourdough baking. Uh, my bread is usually very ugly, but it tastes good. <laughs> That's me. Oh, amazing. That's good. I'll have to follow you on Instagram. I have um, a friend here who works with me. She's really into the plant-based plant -based stuff. And she's like, Sophie, you should try it. But I'm always like, is it going to be too difficult? And then am I going to be able to do it? Um, but no, such a good idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very, very lazy cook. So most of my recipes are like, throw these random products in, add some spices. Now it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could manage that because I'm a terrible cook, but I think that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and yeah, Juliana. Hello. Thanks for having me here, Sophie. Uh, so I'm Juliana and I am a founder of Pila. Um, I am from Brazil originally and I'm a Latina immigrant here in Sweden since 2018. I'm also a product person, so I can uh, <laughs> I can recognize myself in what Vlada said. Yeah, I work as a head of product development for Kambi too, but today I'm here as a founder of Bila. And Bila is my passion. Bila is uh, a baby that was born on the 18th, uh, the 18th of March, International Women's Day, this year, on 2021. And we are a support network that empowers Hours, immigrant women here in Sweden and non-binary people to join the tech world. Uh, so it's a project that I'm really passionate about. Uh, my passions, uh, among other things, I think it's uh, very much aligned with this topic today that it is diversity and inclusion. And uh, I founded Bila because I understand how it is to immigrate to a country without no job and with a lack of opportunities. And I know that building a support network is not easy when you when you immigrate to a country, especially uh, for me, that is such a different one from my home home country that is Brazil. Uh, so outside work, 
I really like games. I like. I am a nerd, super nerd and geek person. Uh, so I, I love like uh, not only video games, but board games as well. And I really like movies, TV shows, all this Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Trek, Star Wars. Yeah, talk to me. I will. I will probably have lots of fun discussing it with you. Yes. Oh, that's lovely. I um, I'm a massive Harry Potter fan myself. I literally will come and sit down and think, right, I'm going to watch a film tonight. What am I going to put on? And I always just go to Harry Potter. I'm like, I just, it's just safe. It's a safe option. It's a safe bet. I'm just going to rewatch it again. I've probably watched them all like at least 15, 20 times, but it definitely always goes on. <laughs> I know we all have our comfort uh, places, right? And I guess in this pandemic, especially for me, it's Star, it's Star Trek. Star Trek is something that I watched like since I was a kid. So it's always like my safe place whenever I, I don't know, I just randomly uh, turn on the TV. I just put some uh, The Next Generation to play on and then I clean the house. So yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. You'll never get bored of it. <laughs> never. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, thank you for that, um, ladies. It's lovely to, I know I've already met you all, but it's lovely to kind of introduce you to each other as well. Um, I think we've got a real good kind of diverse background. I know we've got a lot to think about and a lot to talk about. Um, so I'm really excited for this one. So I suppose then, yeah, we can just kind of get straight into it. So we've all got a few different topics or questions. Um, so what I'll do is I'll just kind of hand over to you guys who have, have brought them to the panel um, and give if you give a brief ov overview of why you've chosen to talk about that or what your thoughts are, and then we'll just take it from there. Um, so yeah, Elvira, yours was kind of diversity from a number of different angles. So I think when you think of diversity, you obviously think of women in tech, but obviously there's so much more. There's nationality, there's other minorities, mother tongue. But yeah, what was your kind of reasonings for choosing that? Um, yeah, I decided to choose that topic because uh, I didn't think about that a couple of years back. Uh, for me, uh, as well, diversity was mostly uh, what is minority, what is majority. And uh, as I said, from all my career, in most of the cases, I was like the one uh, woman in the team, or it was two of us, and it was the max. And I felt as, uh, as a minority a lot. But when I moved to Sweden, I also realized, all right, right now I am not only a woman as a minority, I am also an immigrant, and also I am not a native speaker here. Uh, so, uh, and it gave me the understanding that uh, different people, they have uh, the diff different difficulties. Uh, to be an immigrant, and as Julian said, uh, and don't have, for example, a network. It means less support from like different perspective. It is also can be difficult. It doesn't matter the gender. It could be relatively difficult for a man or woman, right? And for a person, for example, who who is working in Sweden and doesn't know Swedish that well, sometimes it can be challenging as well. And here the gender is also not the question. And that's why we need to think about diversity from different perspectives. And the only way of 
being better in that direction, I would say. So basically my way to help others to find some instruments or maybe small exercises how to uh, to train self-confidence, uh, how to rid of the shyness. And of course, by helping others, I'm helping myself because I'm very, very shy person from, how to say, from the, how, how I build. But I'm trying to push uh, myself from the comfort zone step by step to be better in self-presenting and talking about my accomplishments up loud. Uh, but I'm very aware of how difficult it could be uh, for other people. And uh, here I would like to add that uh, when we are talking about diversity, uh, why it is important, uh, not only because we are only thinking about uh, being a human to other people, but also because when we have the broader uh, picture for different uh, things, company can earn more in the end. So when we are uh, having different perspective for, for a product, it can attract more people. It can be useful for different uh, social groups, for example, uh, which is amazing to think about. Yeah, and one of the examples which I really like uh, from Google again, sorry, but uh, this is stuck in my head. Uh, when they had Google Glasses as a project, uh, they had a team of only a man. And when they hired the first woman, uh, she came to the, to the office basically and tried the Google Glasses and said to them, this is impossible to wear because they stuck in my hair. Uh, and all, all the guys, they said, oh, really, we didn't even thought about that. We all have, like, short hairstyle. Uh, very simple example, but it's, I think, very relevant. And this is small things, but uh, if we are not experienced in them, we will never think about them. Yeah, this is in my mind. Maybe you have something to add. Yeah, I think what you're saying is just so relevant and it's a very funny example with the whole hairdo. Yeah, I totally can imagine like if something is messing up with my hair, I'm not touching that product. And I think there was also another example based on uh, AI and machine learning, you know, when like they, you, if you try to work with facial recognition and all models that you are training your machine learning algorithm on are actually white male, then your algorithm will be horrible at identifying anyone else of different color or different gender or different even like age because when i think of diversity i also would add like to the to the whole list of diversity age right because sometimes people people also like yeah discriminate on age or just like it's this soft soft types of discrimination when maybe people are slightly underrepresented but then it can have like bigger consequences and i think you have a very good point on sort of like dealing with it basically by coming out yourself and like putting yourself first, exposing yourself a little bit. Like in pre-corona times on the different like afterworks or networking events, I sometimes could see that maybe some people tend to be like 
never never surrounded by other people like they would be a little bit more lonely and just like from compassion point of view you always want to approach them and just like start engaging and then like if i start to analyze like what type of people would it be it would be people that are for some reason at maybe this particular event are at minority maybe they are not like a minority representative but it just happens that everyone is of different age or this like event is more targeted towards maybe more attractive for another gender and then there is another gender representative and suddenly this person is very lonely so i think yeah just approaching it from the point of compassion is actually a good idea yeah i really like that i think the the key thing that you both said is kind of your own confidence and putting yourself out there you do definitely become like a mentor towards other people and you give them the kind of boost and the the kind of get up and go to think okay well well I can do this as well and I, I hosted another podcast not long ago on similar things and a big thing there was kind of having someone who you can look up to who you can think okay well if they've come from a minority and they've done it then yeah I can do it as well so I think that really is is so key when it comes to kind of the the confidence confidence and the and the stepping out of your comfort zone yeah and I can add that uh, representativeness matters a lot I can give like my personal example that uh, being like a black Latina immigrant queer I had like a struggle myself in my home country uh, because I I never saw um, people for example in leadership positions uh representing myself there I, I could never like look up to because i didn't have like many role models and uh, when i came here to sweden of course uh, it changes a little bit because i would say here is a bit more diverse in terms of gender uh but i would say still we still struggle with uh, lots of uh, of uh, other types of diversity as well because of course diversity is not limited to gender and skin tone as well i think those are merely two facets of a much broader issue that we have and in reality we are all diverse right so we can each bring unique life experiences to the table i think uh, there's no way to talk about like different angles of diversity without talking about inter intersectionality as well. Uh, that is this framework for understanding how this mo multiple aspects of identity, like uh, gender, race, class, uh, interact, and they create like complex systems of oppression and power as well. So it is very important that we raise awareness that diversity is not exclusive to gender or to skin, uh, skin tones, but actually it is a much broader issue. And uh, when it comes to, I really like the examples that you girls gave about like how uh, bias can can uh, uh, enforce us, especially when building products and data products can uh, actually bring some outcomes that are not so desired because it's not uh, the people who build the, those products. They are not uh, inclusive. They are not diverse uh, enough. Uh, but there is, we can even start looking a little bit closer as well. We don't need to go very far. Uh, so for example, when you are adding, when you are uh, writing an, uh, an ad, a uh, job ad, so there's a lot of research right now decoding how the words we use are associated with the different genders and background. So I think it's a, we can start very small thinking about our own companies and when we are hiring people, for whom are we writing the job ads, right? Are we writing to people like us? Are we writing to different people? Are we uh, thinking about like accessibility and neurodiversity, all the types of diversities as well? So I think this is a, a good question to have on the top of our minds, especially us as manager and uh, when you're managing people.
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, such a great points you are talking about. Um, and maybe here I only want to add uh, again that leading from the example, from my perspective, it is the best way what we can do and to show kindness to everyone. At least this is one of the goals I would like to go to. Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, it's it's a tough challenge, and and I think it's just raising awareness about it as well. It's definitely helpful. Um, I think the the tech diversity discussions are always really insightful, and there's so many interesting ideas and I think um, it's it's an interesting conversation to have I don't think it's going to be fixed overnight I don't think there's one conversation we can have and then it's all going to change but it's a lovely conversation to have and kind of have these ideas um, but yeah Juliana you mentioned there kind of touched on your topic which was um, diversity within leadership teams um, I thought this was such an interesting topic because you very rarely, me as a recruiter, very rarely come across uh, a company where, I don't know, 50% of the management are women. I think I can only name a few within Sweden, and, and I think Sweden are quite good at this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think, obviously, diversity within tech across the board is important, but also I would say management is very, 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 um, yeah, it's very rare that you do see a lot of, of women or diverse profiles in these positions. Um, so yeah, how do you, um, how would you say that you can encourage that? Uh, well, as you said, I think uh, when improving diversity in the hiring process in general, uh, some companies have made good progress, uh, especially in regard to cultural and gender diversity. Uh, but I think, as you mentioned, evidence shows that uh, as we track toward the kind of the top of the company pyramid, pyramid, then we see like fewer obvious signs of diversity and many more like minded persons uh, at the top. Uh, so my question was all about how can companies encourage more diversity in leadership and how to this, uh, diversify the pyramid as well. Uh, for me, I would say what I think it would be nice to think about is actually the bubbles uh, right and how to break them uh, because I think most of the leadership positions and especially when you talk about like uh, management teams they don't even open those positions the positions are not even open to the public even internally or externally the, uh, so whenever there is a management team position open, they are already thought and offered to a specific person in mind. And of course, it's no surprise, uh, really, that uh, we give these roles to people who share the same vision, because I think it's natural for us as, uh, as humans to seek comfort in familiarity, right? So we want people like us to do the same uh, work as we do. So I think breaking into this bubble and challenge the status quo is something that we really need to do when it comes to, to leadership positions. And also one of the things that I also think about is how mentorship, it is a tool of transformational change and how we can focus more our mentorship, mentorship programs within uh, uh, diversity in our companies and match people with different backgrounds so they can learn from each other as well. And I think it goes both ways. I've been a mentor for some time and I always say that I'm not sure who is who is mentoring who in a, in a, when I have like a mentor-mentee uh, 
thing going on because uh, you learn so much with people uh, so different from you. So I would say those are two things that I can contribute that I think it would uh, it can it can help changing uh, in leadership positions uh, when it comes to diversity. I think you have a great point about breaking the bubble, Jelana, and I would think of it from like almost the opposite side of the fence, right? So what are you in a leadership group when you are looking for one more member to a leadership team? What you are afraid of the most is that someone who comes into this position will have some type of different leadership language, very different leadership style, which is hardly compatible with how, for example, the rest of the leadership group works. Because when you are in a leadership group, you always want to come in also as a united team, because you know that like if like there is, I don't know, some obvious inconsistency or some obvious conflict or disagreement among C-level, let's say, members of the team, is almost like, okay, we have dysfunctional management. So that is how it's perceived by people who work in the company. So it's super important to come in and like sort of lead by example by being a unified team and by like offering a shoulder to one another. And then, of course, your fear is like, what if I hire someone or like what if we all hire someone and that someone sort of act super differently and we cannot relate to it and so on. And I think that the best way to address this fear is obviously to like talk a lot about your own expectations and your own leadership style and ask your candidates uh, about their leadership style. Because most of the time these fears, they are very easily addressed by just sort of bringing them actually up and saying, okay, we know that sometimes people lead like this and that's not how we want it, right? So be very sort of self-aware. What leadership style do we want in this company? And then like try to target your whole process towards people who match with that leadership style. And then you will not have to focus so much on what is their like culture, cultural, ethnical background, gender, and so on. Because then you know that, okay, I'm targeting something much more specific. Like I want that style. And then any person who matches it is basically a perfect candidate for me. Uh, yeah, I think this is a very valid point uh, which Vlad raised, but also sometimes probably we just need to take a risk uh, to add someone different to the group. Uh, of course, sometimes it could be uh, maybe a little bit difficult to find the common language, uh, but in the end I would say uh, it gives a, a broader picture to maybe company view and it's beneficial for sure. Uh, but just to start the process, of course, it's not easy. It's, it's a journey and it is, is a transformation which company needs to, to go keeping in mind that in some cases it could be some difficult points to go through. Yeah, I think um, I think you're so right with everything everything that's been touched on. I um I worked with many companies now that kind of have a goal of okay, we want 50% women, we want 50% diversity, we want we want to encourage more of these kind of profiles, more of these people within the company. And somebody once said to me, well, 
have you ever asked them why they're doing that are they doing that just to hit a, a quota or a number or a target or do they actually have genuine reasons and I think if it, you bring in back your kind of hiring process and the the reason back to the actual why like you said Vlada, like why do you want this type of person or, or what is the leadership style we want then regardless of what kind of profile the person has you're going to get the right person in the end um, but I think going in with the actual reasons of why is definitely quite important yeah yeah that's uh that's so true and also to to resonate with something that you Oliver mentioned about giving a first chance and i think especially the first chance is one of the most important things because what i often hear is that every company wants in all different types of positions they for example want more i don't know more women or more people of color they want more minorities basically and then they end up like not hiring them and then sometimes i start to be but why there is obviously an intent but then you look at the end result and again it's a super monolith like team and i think it's very much about that we always want to hire someone with experience of doing the same job and when you are coming from this situation of inequality, obviously all these minority candidates, they will not have the perfect CV. They might have great qualities, but since they, there was a long history of sort of not bringing people like that up and not giving them maybe the titles, then you might have a huge underrepresentation of these people like on CV levels. So you're going to have like people who not necessarily are more qualified, but they definitely have this like proven track record, right? The famous LinkedIn phrase. And then you have another bunch of people who do not have proven track record. And uh, like sort of your nature will tell you, yeah, of course, go for someone who, where we basically have the data that this person has already done that type of job. And this is so important, I think, for the companies who actually are serious about increasing diversity, sometimes not being too scared to let that person have the job as a first job. It's like this was this was absolutely like my history with me getting like uh, a management position in Flowbox because basically Flowbox believed in me. I did not have a title of head of product or CPO before. This is my first job. But for everyone, some job is the first job, right? So if companies never ever allow anyone to have the job of the first one, there will never ever be any diversity, basically. Yeah, that's so interesting, and it's uh. It's tough because you, you kind of think do, do, as a hiring manager, as of someone who's leading a team, do you compromise on skill for diversity? Um, and on my last podcast, there's a woman I work with called Patience. She works at Telia and she said she's so big on diversity. She loves having kind of every every aspect of diversity it doesn't have to be just the gender, just the skin colour. And she said what what she does, which I thought was really interesting, is they'll have maybe two or three spots for interns per year. So she will always give those positions or try her best to give those positions to people with a diverse background or with a diverse profile. Because then when they're into Telia and they're in the company, they build up so much knowledge within what they're doing within their team, within their domain. And then more than likely will go on to have a position as a full-time employee and, and be an actual member of the team. So she says it's the easiest way to get them in because they're they're not being paid they're not kind of being judged on their skill because they're an intern but it's a really really it's a clever trick of kind of being able to get more diverse profiles in and overcome that challenge uh, but yeah I thought it was such a good good kind of little uh, trick and, and something to share yeah and here I also would like to add that 
probably it is the well-known fact that uh, it is quite difficult to find the first job in Sweden, but when you already have an experience to work in Sweden, it becomes easier and easier. This is also a little bit funny uh, from my perspective, but it is so true uh, because we tend to uh, we tend to think that people with experience in the country already they probably know more or understand some things better, which not all the time true. Uh, this is just us being biases. Um, yeah, and that's why the example with uh, having a trainee from uh, the minority is such a great trick. Yeah, thank you, Sophie, for bringing it up. No, no problem. And it wasn't mine. It was definitely worth sharing. Um, but yeah, I think so. So moving on, kind of, Vlad, your. Um, your question or topic was about leadership strategies and, and kind of styles for women in a male dominated team, which I imagine we've all been in situations of. I mean, obviously, I'm not in the technology sector, but recruitment itself is quite similar. It's very like typically white male. Um, and I think it's it's an interesting topic. But yeah, give us your, your view on it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to uh, take a little bit active approach to this whole topic right so like what can we personally do because of course sometimes i i look at team constellations that i'm in and it's very often that i find myself either being like alone as a woman in the room or maybe it's definitely like less women for example or less uh, less other people from other minorities and then i think okay what can i do differently we know that like all, overall the society has somehow to change right but what can we do from personal level and uh, and then yeah, my my only approach to it, like I I cannot say that I have sort of cracked that code really, so I only I only know that what I should do is probably like um, again be very aware of what is overall the expectations in terms of leadership styles and in terms of cultures and what are the typical behaviors, and find a good balance between sort of meeting those expectations at the same time broadening them. So like you don't want to be too different from everyone else in the room because then people will have harder time relating to you. But at the same time, you don't want to completely comply either because then you are not really creating any change. So the challenge here is to find this good balance between challenging something and complying with something else. Or at least that's how, what the conclusion I came to. But I'm very interested to hear what you later think. Yeah, I can talk about myself a little bit in a leadership position uh, in a male-dominated uh, field, I guess, especially working for Kambi, that is a sport uh, bat company. It's a very much boys club sometimes, <laughs> and it can be quite challenging, uh, not only because of the business, but we are also in tech. Uh, I was working in engineering department, uh, so then it, it gets even more, uh, less, I would say, diverse in terms of gender. Um, but I think uh, I would consider myself, for example, more on the transformational leader side, um, because, yeah, as, as I mentioned, as, as uh, 
Vlada said, it is difficult to have to, to find a balance between be who you are and who you truly are, right? Without any masks, without any costumes, but actually also relate, uh, relate to other people that are so different to you and have like the power to influence them and to lead them as well. Uh, what I try to do with my team is that I try to have like a very much uh, personal approach and I try to seek to be a role model for them to to inspire. Uh, so do this through inspiration and invest, of course, a lot of time in coaching the team members and uh, care about them like in a very personal level, in a with a very uh, personal development focus and also emphasize teamwork. Right. And uh, authentic communication is uh, is the key to success. So although I see that in my team, uh, it is a quite diverse team, I would say we have product managers uh, from uh, women and men and from different countries as well. So with different experiences, uh, but it's, you know, it can also be challenging for us without having any kind of uh, training and support on how to deal with uh, such diverse teams as well and influence them to to and inspire them uh, and be a good leader. So I would say that companies also need to invest when it comes to uh, dealing and uh, creating to the leaders environments and safe environments that you can allow people to be themselves and you can be yourself as well. By, but I, I would say working in communication and collaboration with their team and teamwork is so important uh, because uh, getting to know everyone more in a personal level and making them uh, um, allow them to be who they truly are it is it is a big challenge there is this ted talk i don't know if you've uh if you watched but i would definitely recommend uh that talks about exactly this uh the 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 speaker she talks about she compares like going to work with a costume party and in the costume party a friends uh, call her and uh, and uh, ask invite her to a party and then she said i don't have a costume and then uh, uh, they say just come come as you are uh, there's no problem to not have a costume then she arrives at a party and then everyone has a costume and she doesn't have a costume and there is a costume contest and of course she's not gonna be <laughs> uh, uh, competing because she doesn't have a costume uh, so she compares this about uh, going to work as well because companies uh, tend to say come as you are come as you really are and then when you show up as you are then you are the only different person in the room and uh, and we need to to adapt uh, on being a different person in the in the room. And for many many times, we of course hide ourselves, uh, uh, and we do like completely different things that we would just to adapt to the environment. So having this in top of your mind and trying to take care that your team actually feel comfortable to go to work as they are without a custom, it is very important. Yeah, uh, such a great point and. I can relate a lot uh, to what Jordan said because probably we have the same experience at Combi. And uh, yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. Uh, and uh, also as a leader, I'm very, uh, I'm trying, I, at least I'm trying to be uh, very caring of my team, uh, of my team members and to help them to reach their goals and to be in their best uh, like career path, but also to think a lot about their personalities 
to give them the possibility to be themselves because of course in the team as a team we are working together but each team member uh, is an individual and sometimes we have different needs and uh, for a manager sometimes it also can be a challenge to think about every and each team member as an individual and to basically to change our behavior a little bit with each person but it's so worth it yeah i think um i think it's uh, an interesting one that you kind of have to treat everybody differently to be able to treat them the same because there's so many different types of people um and i think it's something that going back to the compassion and kind of approaching everything with compassion like you said vlada is that if you're kind of really open-minded and, and go into it with with the compassion then it sh you would think it would make kind of leading um a team even if it is kind of all male a little bit easier um but no i think i admire all three of you for kind of being leaders in this in this industry and, and in this sector because i can't imagine it's being easy there's definitely been some challenges <laughs> Thank you for your input, ladies. Yeah, in interesting thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, so. Kind of thinking of the the bigger picture and a question that I I wanted to ask is, obviously this is a challenge. It's something that everybody's got an experience with, and there definitely is a diversity gap. But how how do we change that? How do we kind of as a, a group of people, a group, a community? What is the best way of approaching and making a change? What are your ideas? <laughs> it's a big question, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I read through the list of the questions and I liked your question because I think it's also so like action driven. And I started to think, how do you how do I create any type of change, right? Not only in this area, but overall. And I think all changes start with us recognizing something as a problem uh, and also, it's one thing to recognize something as a problem and at the same time being sort of not too judgmental about it. Um, so I thought that maybe we should think of this whole like bias thing as something that is basically in our human nature. So on the one thing, like we cannot really judge people or be harsh about it because like, well, that's just who we are. That's just how, how we are like as, uh, as this like human species. And at the same time, we know that biases, they, they, even though they are not bad by default, they lead to some problematic consequences. So one thing is to acknowledge without judgment. So that that is like the first, I think, trick to and to learn to speak about it in sort of like non-violent, non-offensive way. And that's like step number one to maybe then change in the situation. And I can add to that that uh, one of the the things that we could do is start by recognizing us as individuals and the organizations, uh, all the aspects we, in which we are privileged as well. So uh, be aware of your privileges is a big, big step. And understanding, um, I think this will allow us to have a better understanding of our own social position in this is, and also visualize how others become uh, marginalized as well. Uh, so I think 
changing the norm is hard, uh, but uh, it was one of the reasons why I, I founded like my first nonprofit organization this year, uh, because I thought uh, I had uh, this idea that was a bit like uh, disruptive and uh, it it really, it was really, really something close to my heart. But I thought that okay, this can drive more change in a in a scale more than I could do as an individual. So I set up an organization that uh, uh, could help, like a uh, underrepresented group that is immigrant women here in Sweden. Uh, but actually, there's like plenty of them, uh, plenty of those initiatives, like I am the Code and Pink Programming and uh, Bila, that's my organization, MStack here in Sweden as well. Uh, so in order to kind of involve minorities as well, I think it's good to get to know your community and uh, see what they are doing. How can you collaborate as an individual? but also uh, in your companies as well. How can you contribute as a company? Uh, because I think it's, uh, like Vlada said, this is these questions are very much action point oriented. And I think to get out of the abstract and the nice words that we want to have in our companies that are diversity and uh, inclusive companies, we, we actually need to take actions and we actually need to reach out to the community and understand the pain points and try to address them. There are like many nonprofit organizations here in Sweden doing a brilliant, brilliant job, uh, but we definitely need more support and more buy-in uh, from, from private organizations as well. I think the biggest challenge that uh, we have today with Bila is that in our community, most of the women, they are doing a, a career transition to tech and they have, uh, they struggle to find the first job. And one of the reasons that because we don't have lots of junior positions opened uh, in Sweden. And when it comes to internship and trainee programs, they are pretty much focused on universities. So you need to have a university degree of four years in order to land the, land the first job. So there are so many steps and so many challenges to involve uh, minorities uh, within tech uh, that we cannot fight this, this, this fight by ourselves. Like we need everyone involved. We need allies. And having allies, it's uh, it's not only us as individuals, but also organizations as well. Yeah, this is a very interesting point you're raising, uh, because in the beginning, when I was thinking about that topic, I was thinking, all right, the change in the norm, we should start from students, right? But uh, of course, this is also important, and this is the way of doing that when the norm is changing for younger generation basically for them it will be not a new norm it will be the norm uh, but in the same time this is maybe the easiest thing to work with students uh, with people who don't have any experience and uh, we can invite them to a company to be um, a trainee for example but it's, of course, a good thing to do, no doubts here. Uh, but in the same time, some people who are, as Jordan mentioned, like immigrants and they are looking for a first job, maybe they have uh, an excellent background from different industries. They have great transferable skills, but because they don't have experience in that exact area, for them it's it's very challenging to find the first job. Uh, and th that's why I think this is amazing that people are thinking about that and doing some actions, not only thinking, because I'm only thinking. 
I think Jelani, you are right about bringing up this uh, this challenge with like uh, with the finding the jobs and why people cannot find the jobs is because we have said, oh, with such a vibrant uh, startup scene in Stockholm, right? And startups tend to crave people with experience because they really don't have time. They don't have money to do mistakes. It's just so scary that like, um, yeah, that you're not going to deliver something on time and then you're going to lose your like pioneering opportunity or something. And I just thought of this um, of this uh, little project that I took part in. I was a little bit uh, volunteering for a company called Smart Coding, and it's also a, an education plus a little bit of an IT agency. So they recruit girls from uh, from uh, diverse backgrounds. They also teach them new profession, basically. So it's like an education course. You can learn to be like full stack developer or something. But at the same time, there is like a business facing part of that whole company, where as a business, you can, for example, outsource some development. So the candidates from there, they come at least from some experience. So while they are learning, they're working sort of on important for the business tasks and things. So it's a little bit more practical than education only. And I think that maybe that is like a good approach, like when you manage to combine educational profit with a uh, education with profit, then suddenly you start to facilitate the change so much because the only real barrier for the change is the expense, right? Is the risk and then it's the money because changes cost money. Yeah, definitely. I think there's um there's a lot of, of interesting points there. I mean, the I think the key thing to kind of take away is that there are options and just being aware of them and, and kind of recognising the problem, like you said. Um, and to be honest, I think you've given all of you have given really good insight. And I wanted to ask another question, which kind of just came to me, um, just because I feel like you you ladies are in a real successful place. You've done so well and, and all have said kind of at one point had the feeling of I'm a minority in the tech industry. But what would be then kind of a piece of advice that you would give to someone who could either be struggling with being a minority within a team or within a company or even someone kind of first starting out their career in tech, of course? Um, yeah. Is there any kind of key pieces of advice or, or anything that you would you would give given your your experiences? Yeah, that's uh, that's a very good question, and I think my piece of advice would be, like, don't look at your diverse background as a disadvantage. Like, see the privilege in being not like everyone else, and make a thing out of it. When you are the only one from a different background, it's not just a benefit for the business. You can make it a benefit for yourself. Then, then you are somehow unique. Then, as soon as you are open enough and manage to basically speak about yourself and your background in an engaging way, uh, you might as well become like the star of the team. Yeah, my advice, I would say, it's probably based on personal experience that, uh, well, uh, don't try to fit in. I think it's uh, uh, it's difficult in a, in a personal level when you when you are in a place uh that there's no space there for you and you try you try you try and you fail and uh, it's probably gonna cost you a lot to try to fit in a place that uh, doesn't recognize you as a and your struggles and uh, and uh, give opportunity for you to grow uh, 
I would say I tried that for, for many times, trying to fit in in some places that are were not diverse or, or didn't embrace inclusion. Uh, I would say just just be yourself and be be true to yourself, to, to what you want and what you need, and don't try to fit into some models. Uh, I know everybody needs a job. I know everybody needs to work, but I would say there's uh, so many companies that are doing like a better work when it comes to diversity and inclusion than creating safe spaces that you can be your truly self. So just, just don't try to, to push it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and lastly, from my perspective, the important thing is to exercise as much as you can uh, to find your own voice and to not be ashamed of um, giving your own opinion in the con conversation. Uh, as uh, from my experience, for me, Sometimes it is difficult to speak and to raise some point because I started to filtering myself and to think, all right, maybe it's not relevant here, but you never know. And when we are doing that more often uh, by exercising, speaking out loud, uh, we are tend to find our own voice quicker, much quicker actually. And this is the same as uh, building muscles in the gym. When we, if we, we would like to be stronger, we need to do that uh, regularly. And at the same time, with being a leader or to be a good specialist, to be seen as a one, you need to speak about your accomplishments out loud. Yeah, lovely. I love that that advice. I mean, it's um, it's nice to kind of hear all of your kind of insights into the the journeys you guys have been on. Um, but yes, I think it's been a great conversation. I think to kind of conclude on everything, it would definitely be that diversity is not just about age, gender, skin colour. Um, I think a key thing that we also mentioned was definitely having confidence and compassion to to break the mold and, and stepping out of your comfort zone to kind of break these diverse challenges. Uh, and also just being aware of the problem and, and using the community, the nonprofits like Bela and others that are out there and just really be yourself and speak up. I think it's great advice and I've, I've really loved having you all on this conversation. So, yeah, thank you all. Thank you, Sophie. That was great. And thank you, Elvira.